Oh Lord, we are too focused on our present troubles and too distracted from your promised triumph. Open our eyes to see you in the midst of our struggles. Open our ears to hear your words of invitation and assurance. Open our minds to recall your mighty works. Open our hearts to glory in your name and to seek strength in your word. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, today we continue our reading from the 14th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Remember that this chapter started with Jesus and the disciples learning of the gruesome death of his cousin, John the Baptist. Then Jesus withdrew in a boat to a deserted place to be by himself, but the crowds followed. So he ministered to them and fed them with just a few loaves and fishes. All 5,000 men and thousands and thousands of women and children as well. Now, hear what happened next and listen for God's word for us today. Right then, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. When he sent them away, he went up onto a mountain by himself to pray. Evening came and he was alone. Meanwhile, the boat, fighting a strong headwind, was being battered by the waves and was already far away from the land. Very early in the morning, he came to his disciples walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, That's a ghost. They were so frightened they screamed. Then, just then, Jesus spoke to them. Be encouraged. It is me. Don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, order me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Then Peter got out of the boat and was walking on the water toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the strong wind, he became frightened. As he began to sink, he shouted, Lord, rescue me. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him, saying, You man of weak faith, why did you begin to have doubts? When they got into the boat, the wind settled down. Then those in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, You must be the son, God's son. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever been afraid of ghosts? No, I'm not talking about the kind of ghosts that kids tell tall tales about out in the woods in the dark, dark night around the campfire. I'm asking, have you ever really really been afraid of ghosts. Well, there was just one time when I did think very seriously about ghosts. It was right after my grandfather, T.C. Johnson, died, and the custom back then was for the deceased person to lie, I guess it was lying in state, for viewing, not at the funeral home, not just at the church, but at their home. 
So Fort Valley, Georgia's Rooks Funeral Home had set up my grandfather's coffin at his house in the dining room where the table would usually be, where we had shared many dinners, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas. That was fine until it was time for everyone to go to bed. Well, family from out of town were staying with various relatives and my family was at my grandfather's house. My parents in one room, my sister with, in the room with an aunt, my brother somewhere else. And, and they told 17 or 16 or 17 year old me, you, you sleep, Paul Jr., you sleep on the sofa in the living room. <laughs> and you see the living room open right onto the dining room. So they turned out all the lights, and I lay down just 10 or 15 feet away from my grandfather's coffin, with him in it. <laughs> and that's when I had a conversation with myself about ghosts. It was very dark and dead quiet. And I have to tell you, sleep was not coming real fast. So I had a nice long think. Well, eventually I decided that as a good Presbyterian, I really didn't believe in ghosts, not in that kind of way. And if there were ghosts, Granddaddy was not some sort of scary, mean ghoul. He was my buddy. What did I need to worry about? And then I slept just fine. So why am I starting off today talking about ghosts? Well, because Matthew's Gospel tells us that is what the disciples were afraid of. Our verses from Matthew 14 do not tell us they were particularly fearful about this storm on that lake called the Sea of Galilee. Storms came up fast and fierce and were not unusual then and aren't unusual now from what I've read. They knew this. Particularly, remember, some of the disciples were fishermen. They had experience on that lake. No, Matthew tells us when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. Now, if you had been in that little boat full of disciples on the Sea of Galilee in the dark and stormy night, what would you have thought when you saw a figure walking on the water in this fierce storm coming toward your boat? Would you be terrified? Would you be shouting, it's a ghost? Remember Matthew told us they were so frightened they screamed. I do believe that's the only time I've read in the Bible that the disciples screamed. What would you have done if the figure walking toward you on the water said, be encouraged, it's me, don't be afraid. I always thought if I were a burglar going in somebody's house, I'd say, who is that? I'd say, it's me. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Would you call out like Peter, Lord, if it's you, order me to come out of the water. And if Jesus said, come, would you? Would you get out of the boat and walk toward Jesus? Well, let me answer that question this way. I have done some reading on all this, and my research tells me that in this situation, only 8.33% would accept Jesus' invitation to come come to him on the water. And 91.6% would not. 
In other words, 11 out of 12 disciples would stay in the boat. <laughs> well, perhaps you read the sermon title for today and you've been wondering, so what is the problem with watching your step? Well, of course it's prudent to watch your step in the sense of being mindful of what you're doing and honest with yourself about your motivations, aware of your consequences of your action. Of course that's good. Good things to do, but if you have ever tried to watch your own feet while going up or particularly down stairs, and by the way, I do not recommend this unless you've got a firm grip on the railing and your affairs are truly in order. Because <laughs> if you watch your feet, you're pretty likely to trip and fall. Well, the same is true of discipleship. If you're focused on your own self, your needs, your wants, your expectations, your pride, your feelings, be prepared for a fall. And if, like old Peter, you get distracted by fear, you'll weaken your faith with doubt. And like Peter, you may find yourself sinking in fear, calling out, save me. Here's the good news. God answers prayer. Jesus did not say, well, Peter, you need to renounce your doubts. You need to affirm your faith first. No, it just says he, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Now, back in the days when the Bible was written, the sea, turbulent water, it was a symbol of the forces of overwhelming chaos that threatened life. These days, we kind of fond of the beach, and we think more kindly of the seashore, and we don't usually harbor such fear of the sea, but we do fear chaos. We fear the chaos that comes with uh, stunning weather events like the wildfires out west, or the flooding or drought in other places, or when huge hunks of ice the size of a state fall off Antarctica or North Carolina's own hurricanes. We fear the chaos that comes with violence in the streets, such as in Charlottesville yesterday. We fear the chaos that comes with nations who go beyond saber-rattling to threaten nuclear war. We fear the chaos that comes with families at odds with each other, saying and doing hurtful things that can never be unsaid or undone. We fear the chaos that comes when we find ourselves questioning our, our most basic beliefs and values. Our one comfort is that we worship God who says, be encouraged, it is I, do not be afraid. We worship God who hears us when we begin to sink, hears us when we shout, rescue me. We have a Savior who will immediately reach out and grab us, save us, and not just get us back to the safety of the boat, but will calm the troubled waters of our lives. And for that we can say, thanks be to God. God has made, been made known to us in deeds of power and signs and wonders and has promised that God will not abandon us so let's claim that promise and together confess the truth about our lives. O oh Lord, we need your help.
We have faith, but our faith is sometimes weak. We prefer the safety of our comfort zone over the risk of bold action. Like most of the disciples, we would rather stay in the safety of the boat than risk the rough waters. Like Peter, we would probably find our fear stronger than our faith. When we find ourselves sinking, give us the faith to call on you. Rescue us from our doubts and fears. Enable us to walk with you. Open our eyes so that we may see the wonder of your presence. Have mercy on us and give us grace to discern you at work in our lives. Guide us to ways that we can be useful in your kingdom. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now in silent prayer, let us speak with God about those sins we dare not speak aloud. Amen. We are children of light, and because we belong to Jesus Christ, we need not live in fear. For Jesus lived for us, died for us, was raised for us, and even now prays for us. So believe in the one whom even the winds and the sea obey. For in Jesus Christ, you and I, we are forgiven. So friends in Christ, in response to this gift of God's astounding grace, how then shall we live? With gratitude, following after the Lord Jesus Christ, who calls us to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbors as ourselves. This is the way of Jesus, in whom we find life.